You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. C.C. Chapman of the Advanced Guard goes on the record online. Search engine optimization as far as Facebook updates isn't there yet. It's just it doesn't it doesn't seem like their search is pulling all those words. And on the flip side, what's interesting is because the other thing about fan pages now is if you go to a fan page, hit log out, you can still see everything. Um, so I'm assuming at some point Google's going to start indexing those. I haven't seen a Facebook fan page come back in a Google search, but if it's outside the Facebook wall, I would assume at some point Google's going to start indexing that, and then search engine, you know, your terms and everything is very, very important. But, but at the moment, I don't think it's as important as it's going to be. A conversation with C.C. Chapman of the Advance Guard, who recently published a free white paper called About Face, thoughts on how brands can leverage recent changes to Facebook pages to better socialize their presence and engage their fans. We talked about the state of search engine optimization on Facebook, what it takes to build a successful online community, and the challenges brands, products, and services face when they set forth into Facebook. All that and more after this. Can you upload press releases and manage the media contact information in your online newsroom? Or are you still relying on someone else to do it for you? Are you able to upload high-resolution captioned images that reporters and bloggers can download and use in their coverage? Or do you need someone else to do that as well? And what about video? Can you easily upload video to your own branded online newsroom right inside your existing website? Or does that require IT support as well? According to Pew Internet, the web is the dominant channel for news and information. If you're a PR person and you're not equipped to communicate effectively online, iPressroom has a solution for you. With iPressroom, you get an easy-to-use online newsroom right inside your existing website. If you can point and click and drag and drop, iPressroom gives you everything you need to execute effective online PR campaigns. You can even use our press release search engine optimization wizard to increase the search rank of your organization's website. To find out more about our online newsroom management solution or for a free 60-day trial of our online newsroom SEO wizard, tweet me at Chris Bechtel, which is B-E-C-H-T-E-L, or send email to info at ipressroom.com. C.C. Chapman of the Advance Guard, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. I'm psyched to be here. So uh, we met actually uh, years back, I think, at the first podcast uh, podcast expo. Yeah, way back in the day, back in the old days, right? And uh, and I was um, uh, really curious when I, I heard you guys had released uh, a, a new white paper um, called About Face. And it's um, thoughts on how brands can leverage recent changes to Facebook pages to better socialize their presence and engage their fans. And I know it's authored by you uh, in association with the Advanced Guard, which is the outfit that you're with. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to have you on the show and and talk about these new changes to to Facebook pages. Cool. Yeah, I'm psyched to be here. So, So 
what was it first of all about the changes that that made you think well gosh this is this is enough of a big deal that we should author a white paper well, it was one of those things where you know we had a lot of experience where we were helping you know our and the company the advance guard you know we help clients leverage social media and other disruptive technologies, and we saw this change coming to Facebook, and we said, "Wow, this changes the way brands interact on Facebook you know in the past, you set up a Facebook presence for your brand. And for the most part, it was kind of like the early days of the web. It was more brochure where it was, you know, design it, make it look pretty. Um, But it wasn't the level of interaction that they were opening up. And the fact that brands could now post status updates and people could comment and share and like those things. um, And the fact that, you know, brands could, would brands want to open it up so, you know, their fans could add photos and video. I mean, that feature was there, but now, having the wall and forcing it to look and act just like a personal profile on Facebook, you know, that that's a huge mind shift for brands. And we figured most mm-hmm. brands would be scared by it. Like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? And my business partner and I, Steve Colson and myself were really excited. We said, this is game changing for brands. And you know, this would be a perfect opportunity to, you know, take the weekend, cram our heads together and write a white paper that focuses on, well, you know, this change happened. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, if you're already on Facebook or you're looking to get on Facebook, here's some things that we think you could leverage to do it and do it right and do it smartly. So let me ask you this. Um, obviously, you know, um, uh, a lot of people have uh, individual pages on Facebook. But yep. if you want to set up a page for a brand on Facebook, that's a little different, right? Um, well, now it's easy, yeah. So what it is is that uh, – Brands can set up a, a, a page, and a page can be for any brand, business. Uh, you see lots of celebrities doing it. Uh, Facebook would argue one of the things is that as a personal, as an individual, you can only have 5,000 friends on Facebook. But with a page, it's unlimited how many fans you can have. So that's one of the things that they open it. Uh, but, yeah, any business can set it up, and they have different categories from, you know, local businesses, you know, and then further nail it down to products and retails and companies and you're seeing everybody from bands to summer camps i know we had, we had a summer camp council raving about the white paper which was kind of fun i hadn't thought about that to nonprofits, anything where somebody where you want to sh- an organization wants to share information to the facebook community should consider doing a page now how does it work do you have to go in under the advertise section to do that or yeah it's sort of weird it's sort of hidden they haven't made it as plain and simple as you want but yeah if you look up ads and pages uh, is what it's called. You can go and create a page there. It's not as – it's funny. One of the simplest things is finding out how to create the page. They don't make it as front and center as I wish they would. But, yeah, it's under the advertising sections. And then in terms of um, uh, some of the brands that are, you think are doing a good job, who are some examples? Well, I mean, obviously, I, I want to say my clients. But, no, <laughs> I, think there's some, uh, I think there's lots of brands doing a lot of good things. And one of the hardest things – was fine because in the white paper we went through and found examples for each part we were talking about and it was the hardest thing because they had literally just opened the door on it the day before so not a lot of brands were doing it i really like what the new york times is doing they're doing a lot of video and comments or whatnot i like the fact that um like manchester united i'm not a big soccer fan but they do a lot of interesting things to get people to opt in i saw mini cooper the other day doing some great stuff um one of the big differences with pages now is you can make it so that if a non-fan, just a casual visitor, comes to your site, they're presented with one thing as opposed to when they're a fan, they're presented with something else. So it's been interesting to see. Mini Cooper has a really nice upsell saying, 
Here's what to do to become a fan. Mashable did too. Mashable has a huge button that says, hey, click up there to become our fan. I just think it's really interesting to see these different brands using it differently. Now, you mentioned that one of the big differences is that you can segment information from the wall and the stream. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Well, unfortunately, since (laughs) – this is one of the reasons why we viewed our white paper as a living document, and it already has gone through, I think, four or five revisions. The stream now is gone. They don't separate that anymore. You now only have the wall tab, which is just like a personal profile wall where – but you can choose to choose whether, you know, as a, as a brand, whatever you are, do you only want to show what you say or do you want to show what you and your fans say? It's one tab now, just the wall, but it's one of those settings that you can pick whether or not you want the fan stuff to show up or not. And so what, what do you see most? Are, are most organizations uh, opening it up? Are, are most organizations going kind of slowly here? And, um, and if, I was, if I was a client and I came to you and I said, no, we don't want to open it up because we don't want our competitors on there. We don't want people saying bad things about us. What would yep. you say to me? Uh, well, I would say they're saying them already. But one of the things – I think what we're seeing is a balancing act right now where – Already, no matter what you post, any status update, which if you're on Facebook, you've seen this, how you can comment or like or share on any status updates. The same happens with brands. So your your customers or even competitors are already going to have that ability to comment on it. Um, we're seeing most brands leave it so that when you come to the fan page, all you see is the brand's updates. For the most part, I think most people are doing that because obviously you want your messages to come through first. Um, you can still go see what the other fans are saying if you want to. But I think one of the things we advise our clients on is that, you know, you've got to be you've got to pay attention and moderate. You know, I'm not saying, you know, constantly watch it constantly, but you have to pay attention to make sure that people are behaving. Um, I saw someone the other day, not one of our clients, actually putting together a, um, a like a term, not terms of service, but kind of like, you know, here's what here's what's acceptable. Here's what's not, you know, play nice. It was kind of like the old discussion forum uh, descriptions. And I think that's the biggest thing. You've got to, it's not something you can set up and then just walk away from. You've got to really integrate it as part of your, part of your marketing programs ongoing and figure out, you know, how does this tie into my store or how does it tie into my, you know, television ads? How does it tie into everything else you're doing? Because now with this new, with the wall thing, it's going to become very apparent if you are a stagnant, you know, not updating website. In the past with a page, it was all pretty and designed. You couldn't tell when it was last updated, but now, it's going to be very clear. When was your last status update? It'll, it's time date stamped. It's going to be very obvious. So you've got to integrate it and pay attention to it. It's interesting, the idea that chronology is so important. And one of the things you mentioned in the white paper is the need to sort of segment the information that you have so that there's a steady pipeline of new information being posted to the page. Yeah? Yeah, for sure, because you want to think about it because now any of us who have, who have any, even just a few friends on Facebook, you, you go in and it's like this constant stream of information. And now that brands are appearing, the last thing you want to do is put up all your content in one big shot because what's going to happen is that's going to almost become like spam. You know, all of a sudden, you know, brand X said this, brand Y said this just over and over again. So th- spacing it out, thinking about it, you know. I honestly think more brands need to look at because most brands know, you know, uh, if you're in retail, you know, we're going to have a big sale on Easter or a big Mother's Day promotion. You know, you know things that are coming up in the year. Lay those out because you know you're going to want to promote those for sure. And then fill in the gaps and say, okay, what else can we put up here? And don't forget, I mean, any brand that's listening, this isn't just about text. This is about posting photos, posting videos. You know, think about how can we mix this up so it's not just text updates with the latest sale or the latest promo. 
think about what other – we've seen amazing things with photos, how people react to photos and video is very powerful. And I think you, know, you need to kind of lay out and think ahead, you know, even if it's just for the next month. You know, what are we going to do this month or think six months and really plan it out so that way you've got you – know, you know, okay, we're going to put this out on this day. Here's where it's going to go, what it's going to say. You know, take the time to actually strategically figure out what you're going to do there rather than just throwing things up left and right. And this is a similar type of thing that we tell clients who are launching online newsrooms. But one of the things that happens with an online newsroom is that search is also really important. Um, you know, how that information makes, it, makes its way through Google to the user based on keywords is, you know, part of uh, online communications for a, a public relations or corporate communications professional. How does search and information on demand um, figure into Facebook outreach? Well, unfortunately, at the moment, uh, Facebook – I'm not sure under the covers what Facebook search does, but it doesn't seem to do what I would like it to do. Um, just go search for like your like, – search for like a generic term, um, not as company name, but even a company. Just a generic, you know, an industry, you know, entertainment, movies, Hollywood. Search on something generic and you'll see that it doesn't really return the results you would think of. So search engine optimization as far as Facebook updates isn't there yet. It's just it doesn't it doesn't seem like their search is pulling all those words. And on the flip side, what's interesting is because the other thing about fan pages now is if you go to a fan page, hit log out, you can still see everything. Um, so I'm assuming at some point Google's going to start indexing those. I haven't seen a Facebook fan page come back in a Google search, but if it's outside the Facebook wall, I would assume at some point Google's going to start indexing that, and then search engine, you know, your terms and everything is very, very important. But, but at the moment, I don't think it's as important as it's going to be, like your newsroom example for sure. But I don't think it's there yet on Facebook, but it's definitely something people need to be thinking about because you know it's coming at some point. It has to come. There was uh, some recent discussion uh, amongst bloggers about whether or not you could use one of these Facebook company pages essentially to replace an online newsroom. And, uh, you know, interesting um, points of view on both sides of that argument. But here, I mean, with respect to search, at least at this point, uh, it's a, it's a um, you know, it, it doesn't exist is what you're telling us. Yeah, not yet. It's just not there. I mean, you could replace it, but you're going to miss out on all the search engine stuff. I just, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I don't, I'm not an SEO guru, but I know just from searching, trying, you know, searching on things that I know are inside of fan pages, I'm just not seeing them there yet. I don't think, I've had the same conversation about replacing a website for with using a fan page, and that's an interesting concept. Um, I don't know. I mean, why not? I mean, I the, the advanced guard did it for a year, but that was the old fan pages. But uh, I think it's an. I don't think I wouldn't replace a newsroom just yet. Not. I mean, supplement it, sure, but replace it, uh, not yet. Every year, um, Edelman, which is the big um, yep. independent PR firm, publishes this trust barometer survey. And it's actually been out a few months now, the 09 um, uh, results. And one of the things I noticed in here that I wanted to talk to you about is um, there's a graph here, and I think it's on page 14. And it's um, how credible is each of the following as a source of information about a company? Okay. And um, down towards the bottom is um, – Social networking sites such as MySpace and or Facebook. Now, uh, um, with all due respect, it doesn't say company pages. It just says social networking. Yeah. Um, uh, social networking sites such as MySpace and Facebook. But 
Uh, last year it was 20% uh, trusted. This year, 15%. Now, everything's down across the board, so I don't want to uh, suggest right. that that gap <laughs> is any more than anywhere else. But if you look further up on the scale, it says um, you know, search is um, 35%, articles in newspaper, 34%. Um, and then um, uh, free content sources such as Wikipedia or web portals, 27%. Um, corporate communications such as press releases, 26%. A company's own website, 24%. So um, <laughs> if you look at a company's own website, 24%, no, no, no means at the top of the scale. There are other right. uh, outlets that, are, that are, are more trusted. But you know, 24% for your own website and 15% for a social media site. What, if anything, does that suggest about the types of companies uh, that should be making use of Facebook pages? Well, I think – uh, for sure. I mean, one of the things that was interesting in the past for Facebook pages specifically was anybody could create them. Um, we had nothing – former – we're not actively working with them, but I'll just disclose. Coca-Cola had this situation where there was something like 300 different Coke fan pages and none of them were made by the company. Um, and this happens with a lot – you go to any of the brands out there um, – and there's just tons of different – because fans said, oh, I want to be a fan. But now when you create a fan page, one of the questions at, right up front now it says, I legally have permission or you know, I, I forget the legal – there's legally saying I am the brand creating this. And you have to check it off and do a digital signature and it's tied to whoever created it. So technically um, you know, it knows CC created this fan page and I could get sued if I'm not doing it appropriately or not. So I think you're going to see – and I, I imagine at some point Facebook might start cracking down on those old ones. But I think I think a fan page for is good. I mean, is for any business because it's free. It doesn't take long to set up. Uh, even just a basic one, it, even if it's just a beachhead that is more set up to say, "Hey, we're holding this. We're not really sure what we're going to do with Facebook yet. If you want to find out more about us, check us out here. You know, www. Whatever our website is. com and drive, use it as drive traffic. But I think the concept of the, the old excuse for Facebook was, "Oh, that's all for college kids." But we've all seen the studies that more. The, Every walk of life is getting on Facebook now, and Facebook allows you to dig deep and target your audience. I just think I can't think of a company that shouldn't be shouldn't at least be looking at Facebook to figure out where it fits in their marketing program. I'm not saying Facebook is the end all be all, but I think it has to be in your mix when you're looking at where you're going to be on the web. It has to be. Hey, who was that barking in the background? That's Roxy, my dog. She's uh, saying hi to somebody walking by. <laughs> okay, all right. So, so on the on on the um, idea of credibility, you know, certainly um, there seems to be an advantage, at least if you trust the barometer. Edelman Trust Barometer, there seems to be at least more trust for uh, the corporate site than the Facebook fan page. And I could see how the Facebook page could be a great stepping stone to an online newsroom and a great part yep. of, of web presence. What about conversion leaks? I mean, so many um, sophisticated online marketers are looking to leverage information to elicit some sort of a response or generate some sort of a measurable transaction. And of yep. course, on Facebook, you have uh, not as much control over the user experience as you do on your own site. So, so how, tell me about the relationship of the Facebook page to the corporate website. H how should that work and, and what um, uh, interactions and opportunities uh, should be in which, at which destination? Well, one thing people need to realize is that Facebook does give some reporting on pages. They're called insights. 
And you can get basic uh, demographics, uh, demographics, length of visit, uh, returning visits. I mean, they're really baseline uh, statistics, but you do get those. And I hope eventually they'll give some more things like, you know, how many people clicked on the link. Actually, I don't know if they have those. Anyway, they're they're baseline stuff. But I think if you're going to really measure stuff, I think the the key thing is, you know, we're big fans of using, you know, custom URLs to point out, to link back to the website. There's all, fan pages can suck in content from like, you know, whether it's your newsroom, your blog, where it's pulling in via RSS and they still have to click through to read it on your site. And, you know, and if you've got even the basic web trends or something set up on your personal server, on your web server, you can track to see which, how much traffic is coming from Facebook. We always advise all of our clients, you know, to make sure that you're, you can measure that and see, you know, is this driving traffic? Is it getting you what you want? Because you have to look at the ROI on some of these things to figure out where to put your time and dollars. But whatever, I mean, we really try to think about it. We do a lot of that where a lot of it is links pointing back. You know, we'll put a pretty graphic up, we'll put a picture up, but it's always driving back to the website. So that where, you know, gets the most bang, they can track it. Maybe they want to sell them something. What's an easy way to bring an RSS feed into a Facebook uh, company page? It's built in. Uh, they have what's called the notes application, and you can point to. Unfortunately, you can point to one feed, um, and it'll pull it in. But there's other applications where you can drop them in, and it'll pull it right in. But it's built right into Facebook. Which apps do you like for for pulling in feeds? Um, the notes application is the easiest one, just because it's, it's integrated. I've seen some other ones that are very, very. I'm trying to think of the name of them, but they're very simplistic RSS pulls. But you just do a search on RSS in the applications directory. And you'll find them. They, everyone names their app so weird. They can't just call it like you know feed bringer in or something. You know, it's just. But uh, the the notes application directly from Facebook is is e- the easiest one to get going with. A number of uh, uh, Facebook company pages now live at um, vanity URLs at facebook.com as, yep. as a subdomain. Um, yep. How how can a listener get a subdomain like that? I wish I knew that answer. Uh, <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, you're starting to see random people get Facebook.com slash whatever, you know, Brand X. Um, and Facebook hasn't, at least I haven't publicly seen them say how they get that. We have some clients who have those and some who haven't. It's nothing that we got for them. It's something that Facebook offered to them. I've seen some friends get them. Um, there's been a lot of talk that they would open that up, and I would hope they would. But right, right now, unfortunately, there's no way to request I, um, a, a custom URL that I'm aware of. So it's one of the things we always, one of the things we advocate is, you know what, make whatever your company, you know, talk to your IT department and get a vanity URL on your site, you know, companyx.com slash Facebook or facebook.companyx.com, whatever your company is, because your IT guy can do that, guy or girl can do that for you. Um, and Because otherwise it's not the prettiest URL that they're going to give you from Facebook. And you want to be able to put it in your marketing materials and in your emails and stuff. And setting it up on your side for now is the only option. So you just do some sort of a redirect yes. uh, as something memorable. And then obviously once they land on that page, you don't want to mask the you need exactly. URL because then you know they won't be able to send URLs to other people. Yeah, exactly. Just do a simple redirect that's unmasked and get it because that way it's a lot easier to put it in a, put it in whatever you want. Because otherwise it's going to be facebook.com slash pages slash something something something. It's not going to be pretty at all. <laughs> now I've been trying to figure this one out. Okay, and it's it's probably something obvious, but the question <laughs> is, um, what is a static FBML? <laughs> So FBML is the Facebook markup language. Just like there's HTML, there's FBML. It is the syntax 
coding language for uh, for Facebook. And basically, what you can do in Facebook is drop boxes onto your Facebook fan page, and basically inside that box, you can put FBML. It's very similar to HTML. And make it do things. So pull in other websites. Do some basic formatting. You can do stuff like it allows you to code within a Facebook fan page. It's a, it's super geeky, um, but it's very very similar. If anyone's ever seen HTML code, it's very similar to that. And there's guides and books on how to do it. But that's what it is. They allow you to drop a box and use this syntax to pull in information and do a little bit more customization. For any uh, geek listeners that want to hack their way through FBML. Any resources, specific resources you can recommend? Um, Facebook has the, the – I think it's like developers.facebook.com. That's totally from memory, so the URL could be completely wrong. But I know they have like a basic FBML guide. If you do a Google search for FBML, you'll find it because that's the only thing that acronym stands for. Well, I, as I say that, I don't know. But off the top of my head, I can't think of any direct resource. But I know Facebook's is pretty good. And there's also a book. I've, I don't know if it's O'Reilly or not. But somebody has published a book. Of FB, the FBML language, could you um, could you segment uh, uh, companies that are looking to communicate with consumers as being you know a, a better fit for Facebook and B two B as being a better fit for LinkedIn, or do you think that that doesn't really apply? I don't know. If, I don't know if it applies. I mean, it's definitely definitely for cons- you know companies going after consumers. It's a, it's a no brainer. Um, the B two B, I think it, it could be kind of interesting because. I guess it depends on what the – I think I would love to see a B2B company do something in Facebook because the, the cool thing with with um, you know B2B is you know who your audience is. You, you really know who your audience is usually and you can target them and reach out to them and you know invite them. I mean groups can – I mean fan pages, you know, you can put lots of limits and restrictions on and you can't say – it can't be private unfortunately. That's what groups are still for. But I think it would be fun to see – who could who would do something B two B in it? I would love to help somebody do it. I think it'd be kind of fun, but definitely, I mean, consumers are definitely an easier sale in there for sure. One thing I did notice is, uh, and actually, I noticed because I, I recently um, interviewed John Cass for this podcast. Okay, and um, he uh, uh, f- was instrumental in helping Forrester Research set up their online community. And on the Forrester Research online community page, there are links to two online networks, social networks. One is on Facebook. One is on LinkedIn. Yeah. And uh, the membership numbers are close, but there are more members on the Facebook um, page oh, than okay. there are on the LinkedIn page. Interesting. Hey, I think that's great. <laughs> hey, one thing that a lot of people have been talking about is like, you know, how to manage your personal brand versus your company brand. And there's been a lot of discussion like on Facebook, if your icon is your company and the name of the account is the company, you know, how does that uh, impact the types of communications you would put there versus the types of communications you would put um, on a on a uh, you know an account personal. A personal account. Talk to us a little bit about that. I mean, if 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 a marketer is going to create a Facebook page, how yep. does the way they communicate on that page change from how they may have communicated with a personal Twitter account? Well, here's one of the interesting things that Facebook does that I like sometimes and I hate sometimes. If you're an, so, say me and you are both administrators for the On the Record podcast fan page, right? We're both administrators, or there's five of us. It doesn't matter. When you're actually on that fan page, even though you're logged in as you on Facebook and I'm logged in as me on Facebook, when we're on that physical page, Facebook knows we're both admins because it's been set in the background somewhere. 
What happens is if we respond to somebody on that or we post something on that fan page, it always comes from the brand. It never comes from Eric. It never comes from Cece. It always comes from the On the Record podcast. It's it's sort of weird and because when we first noticed that, you know, in most situations it's great because there's always a constant voice but there's never it's never any of the individuals, which can be good or bad because sometimes you want multiple people to to talk and you want it to be said that, oh, this is Mike, this is Cece, this is Joe, you know, whatever. Um, so if you're actually on the fan page, you are always communicating as the brand, which is something I think is a lot of brands like. The whole conversation about personal versus – it's a tough one because I think it has – the question has a lot to do with a the person and b you know what kind of brand is it and i mean i know there's been so much discussion around a lot of individuals out there who are the board facing face basically of the company and you know what happens when they leave or you know they go to another company you know what happens and that's such a huge can of worms and i think there's so many factors that you know it, it's it depends and i hate always saying it depends but as far as fan pages are going all communication on those pages will come from the brand so you have to take that into consideration when you know if it's you know maybe maybe a friend of yours commented on on the brand page and you kind of want to joke with them but you're going to be joking from the brand you're not going to be joking from yourself and it's something you got to take into consideration do you think it's tougher for marketers to build trust through a Facebook fan page than it would be to build trust through an individual Facebook page? Wow. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I think because, you know, part of trust is looking someone in the eyes and if you can, you can see what a person looks like, you know, as opposed to big brand, I guess. Um, I guess my gut would think, yeah, you might connect with that individual a little bit better than you would a brand at first. I think it's one of the reasons why, you know, brands really – Jumping into Facebook, and if you're going to do it right, you have to really think about how you're going to build the community. And then once you get the community, what are you going to do to keep them and foster that? Because let's face it, we all know there's plenty of ways that you could not buy the friends, the fans, but you could, you know, you could do a media buy and push them there. But how do you keep them there? And how do you get them to keep coming back? And more importantly, how do you let them interact? So you do have to build, build up that trust and build up that rapport with them and keep it going. We're talking to C.C. Chapman. He is with the Advance Guard, and he um, recently distributed a white paper called About Face. And it's about um, changes that have recently been made to Facebook uh, pages for companies. And um, I want to ask you, um, you mentioned that strategies for reacting to both positive and negative sentiment on Facebook pages uh, – you know, is something that needs to be considered in advance. Yep. What, what do you? What would you recommend? Like, say, for example, I am a controversial organization. Yeah. I launch a Facebook page and I get hammered. What do I do? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it's one of those things. It's the age-old PR question: is you know, what do you do, especially online? I mean, and companies have been trying to figure this out for a while now because blogs have had the same problem, and now Twitter and everywhere else. You know, what is right? You know. If someone questions you, do you question back? Do you attack? Do you delete? Because brands can and, – and it's funny because this I've had this conversation with a lot of our clients. I've had it you know, theoretically you because know, personally, personally, I'm more for of you know, let, let it happen as long as it's not hurting anybody. I mean if it's derogatory or it's just inflammatory, you know, then delete it. But at the same time, I don't like moderation with a heavy fist either, but that's a personal preference of mine. I have recommended to some clients that they need to, you know, be more stringent than others. 
But I think you really, I mean, this is a conversation to have with your PR department too, because you know, you're probably, you're probably already facing this. If you're controversial, like you said, I'm sure you're already facing this in the press already. Um, you know, if Facebook's your first thing you're doing online you, and you haven't, you know, then you've got to really stop and go, how are we going to deal with this and start thinking about, I mean, especially be active in the, you know, a lot of it in the beginning, I think is usually case by case, you know, figuring out, you know, until you get your feet wet and you finally kind of get things rolling. Moderation guides are a good idea. You know, we, we've started doing this with one of our clients. Where we're actually building a moderation guide to say, okay, this happens. What do we do? And we're having these very frank conversations of, you know, here's the obvious stuff. You know, this stuff's just wrong. But then there's a lot of list of, well, what about this? What about that? You know, what if a competitor does come in and say, well, yeah, that, that's fine, but my product's better. You know, what do you do then? And, I, you know, it's de- that, that the answer to that is very different depending on the client. At the end of the day, you, so if, if, you know, if you're an agency or you're a PR person, if you're helping your clients, talk to them about this. Figure it out. Work with their PR department. Sometimes it's a legal issue. You know, if it's a pharma company or something, there's all kinds of legal issues that a retail company doesn't have to worry about. So there's lots of factors to put into that mix. Cece, you are a, um, a partner at the Advanced Guard. You're also a blogger. You've been podcasting for a long <laughs> time. And, uh, you know, you've, you, you, you've amassed a community uh, at, your, at your Twitter account of yeah. 12,612 followers. I, actually, I think it was 12,608 really? when we first started this interview. <laughs> so you got six more. Um, That's but, funny. But let me ask you, what, what advice do you have for organizations or individuals that would like to build community? What is the key to building a community? The key is to be active, to be honest, to respond to people, to talk to them. When you get asked a question, you have to answer it. When, you know, you have to, you have to, you can't be constantly self-pimping. You have to actually be part of the community as well. I think the way you build your community is being part of the larger community, whether it's, you know, I built, you know, a community in podcasting and then I kind of, I mean, I blogged for years before anybody read anything. Um, I think the active and honest thing are the two most important things I can give advice to anybody. And let's face it, it doesn't happen overnight. If you're, if, you know, if you're a rock star, then maybe it does. You you open up a fan page and everybody comes. But it's gonna it's gonna take a while. I didn't build this up overnight. I mean, I've been podcasting now for you know four and a half five years. It didn't happen overnight. It built up, and whenever somebody and whenever somebody says numbers like that, like I didn't have a clue how many followers I had until you just said that. But uh, I think that it, it always kind of stops me and goes, "Wow!" But if you're a brand, you're gonna get into this. You've gotta you've gotta be very active with your community and listen to them. Fans love to talk to brands that they love, but if all they're if they're just talking into, into an echo chamber and they're not hearing back from you, they're gonna get turned off really really quick. So if you're gonna go out there and you're gonna try to build that community around you. You've got to really nurture it and nurture it constantly, and it takes a lot of time and energy and effort to do it. I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I spend just responding to email or twitters or you know any you know just calls. It just it takes a while, but I love it, and I think a brand has to love building a community around them if they're going to do it. We're talking to CC Chapman with the Advanced Guard. He's got a new white paper out called About Face. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. Final question, CC. This is a personal question, okay? Uh oh. Uh-oh. Right. Personal question here. All right. Okay. So, you know, it does take a lot of time, and you have been doing it a long time. Yeah. What is the personal cost? You know, 
what, what is the cost to your wife and your children? What is the cost to, uh, you know, whatever other interests you might have? And what sacrifices, if any, do you, do you make to, to be, you know, the, the sort of social media specialist that you are? I don't sleep. <laughs> That's the big, the biggest sacrifice is I don't sleep. But one of the things too that I um the way that I get I've gotten asked it before and I actually yesterday I read a new book. They're they're not a client, they're not anything, but it's this book called Ono. Um and it's all about the family first entrepreneur. It's just it's it's at onobook.com. I love it's a preview book that I just read. And it talks about and, and I really believed in the philosophy where you know what? My family has always come first. They always do. But this is also what I do and what I love. I mean, it's what I'm passionate about, so I don't view it as sacrificing. If I wasn't passionate about what I'm doing, and what I'm doing includes blogging, podcasting, photography, you know, it includes all this stuff. It includes talking. It's why when people say, hey, can we interview? Because I love talking to people. Um, it hasn't been a sacrifice. It's actually provided a lot for me. I mean, having, you know, being able to build this community allowed me to start this company. And, you know, and having a killer business partner in, in Steve allowed me to, to build this company and build it with him. And I honestly don't think there's been that much sacrifice. I mean, I don't sleep very much. I don't get to go. Um, you know, I don't necessarily go to all the conferences I'd like to because I'm running my own business. But I do go and I speak a lot. Um, and I try to keep it in balance. And I'm also not afraid to unplug once in a while, which I think diff- is something different for me than a lot of people where I will happily turn off the phone for a weekend and not check email. Granted, it makes Monday morning a pain, but, um, I, I love doing that. And just, you know, I have no problem with that. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think there's been many sacrifices, you know, directly affecting anything, but I do go to, I go to bed at midnight and I'm up at six every morning. So it's just very little sleep. <laughs> well, listen, I know I said that'd be the last question, but, but I, I just have to squeeze in one more based on your response. Okay. So, so, you know, one of the things you say is you say, you know, it's, it's not work for you because you're passionate about it. Yep. And, and obviously, you know, you're not the first one who said that. Uh, so many of us in the, wor- in the social media world talk about how, you know, we get something out of it just by participating because we, we enjoy it. But, but what about an organization? What about a brand? I mean, the brand can't really enjoy anything because the brand is not human. So does that somehow disqualify brands from in from genuine participation? Wow, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I think, yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that we've had. I've had this conversation with more than one potential client where, you know, finding out if they're really ready for not just Facebook, but social media in general. Because, let's face it, not all brands are into the concept of hearing what their fans want to say, or their consumers for that matter, and interacting with them in the way that social media requires it. I just, um, I don't, what, I do think social media as a, as a whole can help any brand. I just don't think every company, whether it's, you know, it's a cultural thing. I don't know if they're necessarily ready. I mean, you know, you talk about like, look at like Zappos or something. Not everybody can be Zappos. That culture is what that company is about and it works for them um and that's why i think the first thing that any brand i don't care how whether you're the mom and pop hardware store or you're you know the biggest you know beverage company in the world you've really got to stop sit down and strategically figure out where all of this fits into your marketing and your pr because it all has to integrate it all has to go together 
Um, and you've got to be ready for it. And I just see way too many people, way too many agencies making the mistake of having their clients just dive in because they have to do it without really, really thinking about it. And that just, it drives me nuts. And it's one of the reasons that we started the advance guard was because we, we, we said, we want to do this and do it right. You know, if a company comes to us and says, we have to do this and we have to do it this way, uh, just because everybody else is doing it, that's not the reason to do it. And we've, We've walked away from more than one client over that. I think it's crucial. I think the smart companies are taking their time and really examining it and really figuring out if they're ready for it because it is a commitment and it's a long-term commitment. CeCe, it's been fun. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.